It's Wednesday, June 3rd. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. All right, Jason Smith, welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home. Huzzah, Jason Smith, how are you? Hey, I don't know if anybody can see me or you can hear me, so I'm going to... Um, Here's what I'm we have. Let we you have a frozen my... picture of you. It's a good froze, though. It's a good freeze. It's you good have to froze. freeze. It makes, yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah. It, very quizzitive. Very yeah, quizzitive. and I hear you fine. Like, you're coming in real time. But uh, right, I know cool. that nor- like normally we would BS a bit, but... We're, our guest, Mike Sargent, is already here, which I love. So we should probably just get him on and you can figure out your. Yes, you that know. I think would be the best approach. So I'm going to let you guys go. calmly we deal with tech stuff here. So everybody it. should do it. You know, with all the millions of people watching us, we are calm. It doesn't matter. And Jason, look at him. That's a poker face. All right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to introduce our guest then, okay? And I have to put on my glasses for this because even if I was like close friends with him for a while, I don't think I could read off all his accolades. So <laughs> I'm going to say this. Our next guest is the founder and co-president of Black Film Critics he, uh, Circle. He is the chief critic for WBAI Radio. He's a frequent guest on PBS News uh, Hour, amongst many others. Uh, he's the host of a podcast called Brown and Black Race and Pop Culture. And uh, by the way, this is really interesting and fascinating. We'll talk about it. He's creator and host of the first Black-hosted film review TV show, Arise on Screen. How's that? How's That's that? Great. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Sargent. Hey, hey, thank you. <laughs> hey, Mike. Uh, but how you doing? I just just want to correct one thing. I'm Please. co-host, co-host on Brown and Black. I do it with Jack Rico. What did I say? I said host. You said host. Yes, but that's okay. Co-host with Jack. Yes, because that's the whole point. Otherwise, it would just be black. There'd be no brown. And there'd be no two journalists talking about this. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So how is it out there in L.A.? Well, you know, I am in um, in (laughs) I'm in Calabasas. So, you know, my son just went to a protest, uh, which is great. and, And, you know, it's a protest. They're walking from like the Trader Joe's to the city hall. But I'm really probably I was saying to him in the safest place on the on the planet. Like I'm so I can't even talk. How about that? I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I have nothing. I got nothing, man. I got nothing. I'm in Calabasas. I'm just gonna shut the fuck up. Where are you? In Brooklyn? Uh, I'm no. I'm in Harlem. I'm right here in Harlem. I'm in Where? the uh, uh-huh. on in the thick of it. Yeah, this well, is. I spent a lot is, of time in Harlem. Did you? Yes, okay. I did. All the uh, I used to my my job when I decided that I wasn't gonna go to college after a half a semester was that uh, i immediately got a, a joker poker and eight line slot machine route and we put them in all the bodegas so i was oh, from wow. 125th okay. and x okay. to like 158th okay. okay. in amsterdam i used to hang out i don't know how long you've been in holland but my old my guy legs had the best soul food but upstairs legs soul food was was his whole gambling thing in the back and we had a machine in there and then legs got me all these other places up and then i realized that i was jewish and i can't go to jail and this is ridiculous <laughs> and i bet I better like stay in my lane. <laughs> you know? Well, you, you're Jewish and you could go to jail, so you. But I can't. I understand. I understand. Okay, Calabasas. That's all I'm so, saying. So all right. Okay. So yeah. So Harlem, you're in the thick of it. Uh, I'm in the thick of it. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm a big science fiction person, so uh, a lot of all of the the surreality of all of this is that, you know, I've been saying for a long time that life is like science fiction. Well, now it really is. So, you know, living. <laughs> in Manhattan, you wake up every day uh, to sirens, you know, and it's kind of early in the morning and then all day, all day, sirens, sirens, sirens. You get used to it, but it's just, uh, it's a weird thing to be happening. It's maybe subsided a bit in the last week or so, but that's, well... Now it's a different sound. Now I hear helicopters. Okay, <laughs> oh, it's a different. Oh, you're hearing sound. helicopters. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's it's um, New York is a hotbed of activity. Let me put it like that. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, but do you feel safe? I mean, any safer than you felt before this? <laughs> I mean, if that's a relative term. Well, it is a relative term. You know, being in Manhattan, being in Harlem, being up where I am, in some ways, it's like living in, living in any big city is like living in a bubble. You know, it's really not representative of the rest of the country. But New York was really hit bad, you know, with, with this pandemic. And so, you know, being in Manhattan for a while, it's, you felt like, you know, if you went outside, you'd just see like Will Smith and a dog, you know. But um, <laughs> for a while, it, it like was... 
Well, yeah, I like the movie too. I really did. I like that. I like that they had the balls to end it that way. Please continue. Yes, yes. No, well, you know, I'm a big sci fi fan. So, uh, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, sci fi stuff. I don't know how long, I don't know how long you have. So, I know, I know, but we're going to end this off and we'll talk off air too because we're going to talk about Asimov. I want to talk about your audiobook producing. It's, it's fascinating, but yeah, we're going to get into it. And I use an Asimov story too for, we'll talk. So, Okay. 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 No, Will Smith and a dog. Go on. Well, well, I'm just saying. So, so it was really we were on serious lockdown for a long time. You know, the surreality of right now is, you know, people are protesting, but, you know, I've seen a lot of videos. Some people are wearing masks. Not everybody's wearing masks. A lot of the cops aren't wearing masks. Uh, I, I'm just wondering where we're going to be two weeks from now. And and the irony of all of this, if you're a history buff at all, is that. In 1918, when they had the Spanish flu, you know, by the time the flu was starting to, you know, it was sort of like where we are now, the first wave it hit. But then World War II ended, all the soldiers came home and everybody went into the streets. And then when the second wave hit. famous picture. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then when, when the second wave hit, everybody had been out in the streets like we have now. I thought so, it was a history buff. Holy ex- crap. That's so very interesting. It sure, is interesting. About, that's, oh, World War II. It's, uh, World yeah, War One. sorry. World yeah. War One. right. So yeah. so that's kind of where we're headed now, which is, which is, you know, that's probably the scariest thing about all this. I mean, there are a million reasons for me to be scared uh, uh, or be worried or be concerned or be stressed, you know, about what's happening in this country. Uh, I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that it will bring about change. You know, there, there's a lot of change, but but as we were talking off air, part of the problem is just that, you know, and this is a human thing, I think. Okay, that we 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 are very tribal by nature, and and we want to belong, but at the same time, you know, uh, unfortunately, racial pride uh, equals racial prejudice. And it shouldn't. So it shouldn't be like, hey, my culture's great. What's yours like? It's more like, my culture's great. Yours is crap. And that's kind of how, you know, that's <laughs> how human insightful. beings, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, I, I do, but it's, it's rather insightful to hear out loud. It's nice. Well, but, it's, you know, you it know. is a, it is a real fact, though, and it is unfortunate that ethnocentrism, uh, along with, you know, ethnoculturism, I guess is a term I'm making up now, but it really is what, <laughs> what you're saying. I like the term ethno, what did I just say? Ethnoculturism. Ethnoculturism, yes. yes. How about it that? Also, can it can also that? be, a, it could be music, too. It could be, you know, a genre. Well, it could be, but I mean, also, let's talk about, you're an Afrofuturist. Right. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So, so explain to those who have no idea what that means. Well, it seems okay. pretty simple in the title, but it is. It deeper. is. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm an Afrofuturist long before it was what it is now. Now, Afrofuturism is is a fantastic thing. Here's the thing: science fiction. Okay, Afrofuturism is essentially when you're writing science fiction, but your perspective, your point of view, comes from being. African, Afrocentric. It's an Afrocentric point of view. And the thing about science fiction, okay, which is similar to comedy to me, is that science fiction is a way to speak about the human condition uh, without hitting you over the head, you know? So, like, it's an allegory. So, the best science fiction is making statements, making social statements about the human condition, about how we will do whatever we will do, or how technology could change us, all these things. And to me, uh, if you are going to envision a future, if you're going to talk about, you know, what it is to be human, you know, everybody needs to be able to have a, a say in that conversation. So yeah, humanity. what, well, exactly humanity, <laughs> but, but everybody's perspective is different, you know, as a science I'm fiction reading. fan, you know, for many, many, many years, science fiction was dominated mostly by white writers, mostly white male writers. So that's why you had so many movies where in the future, for some reason, black people, they're they're just gone, you know, or or like the <laughs> they don't exist anymore. Hey, really think about that. We got, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. we really think about the fact that we weren't thinking about that. No, listen, you the best that's example what I'm saying it was the subconscious of it. We well, didn't think about the fact that's that we right. weren't thinking about it. Best example <laughs> I give is my favorite example because one of my favorite movies, uh, Planet of the Apes. Okay, uh, the original Planet of the Apes. Okay, okay, they go into the future. Okay, can I guess? Can I get? Oh no, go ahead, tell it. All right, all right, okay, all right. I was gonna say it's like they go to the future. Uh, apes are talking. Humans are mute. 
all the humans left are white, okay? The black guy, what? during the hunt, because the, the, he came yes. from the future, he's so rare. After they shoot him, they stuff him and put him in the museum. So to me, okay, as a child that's seeing exactly that, what I thought. <laughs> so so that's you get exactly. it exactly. They put him in the museum, but you and know because this is, he's so this, rare. Well, it's tantamount to a much larger thing that we see in entertainment, right? If a black male makes it, and I'm air quoting, right, and like Jamie Foxx and white famous, okay, the first thing the white culture of Hollywood does to the black males make them dress up as a woman. Because we have to immediately, it's so rare, you know, the black man scares the shit out of us so much that, like, we have to immediately dress him as a woman. And I see it time and again. And this thing in Planet of the Apes, and why does the black guy always die first? So I see it threaded through our culture. Now, you've done a very, very extensive uh, very extensive research on this. Tell me a little more about it, please. Well, I, I've, I've, let's put it this way. I've done research. You know, I, I, I back in the day, I, I did a uh, uh, an audio drama. It was the first, you know, CD to, to release an audio drama. I had, uh, you know, we had fan clubs. We used to go to science fiction conventions, whatnot. Uh, you know, we had a screenplay. It almost got made into a movie. There's a whole story there. But um, Essentially, at the time, there were only a handful of us. There were about six of us. You know, uh, now people have heard of Octavia Butler and Steve Barnes and and Sam Delaney. These these are kind of like the giants of uh, Afrofuturism. But back then, uh, there were only a few. And and what's interesting is that. You know, I, I, having seen so many science fiction movies, and and I used to, I've given talks on it and presentations and whatnot. And again, this is back in the '90s. You know, it, you know, into early 2000s, before it was what it is today. Before they had black science fiction conventions. Well, yeah, and you. Well, now. that's black science fiction conventions. conventions. That's an important thing to, to hone thing. on for a second. It's because a thing. It, it, right, and it's an important thing, but it's a thing. Why? Now, okay. Okay. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. And here's what I've always felt. And if you look back, I was in a documentary about blacks, a BBC documentary back in the day. And the thing about the future... Uh, it was called Blacks and Science Fiction, okay? Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> great. On BBC, uh, uh, wonderful. On, the, on BBC. And uh, it's on YouTube now. You could find it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it is. You'd see a young... You'd see a very we'll young... Mike we'll set. see it on the banner. Oh, I'm don't, telling you. don't. Like yeah. this. No, it's going to happen. I'm wearing a red have... jumpsuit, and, and, you know, there's there's a lot of things in there. Like, okay, <laughs> I was young, okay? No, definitely going to happen. But, <laughs> no, please. please. <laughs> um, point being that, uh, uh, you know, the thing about science fiction is that it, it allows you to envision a different kind of world, you know? Right. There, there's a reason why Black Panther made so much money. Not because it was the best Marvel film. But, but it was the most revolutionary. We have seen how many incarnations of the same stuff over and over and over again, reboots and yes. reboots, and they're all, for the most part, white science fiction. We're only now moving all. into that space. They're, they're all now. white science fiction. Right. And and so I mean, that means that's a point out a black one for me that's not a part. Like you got the who is the black actor on Khan or something, like boom, he had to kill himself with a ray gun or some some shit. Right? I mean oh, it's like this oh, goes yeah. well, way back. That's but I'm saying, Paul this is Winfield. A, Paul, Paul Winfield, yes. Uh, who 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 died in three science fiction films. Okay. I could just tell okay. you that I used to do a whole And he's not the lead. No, but he's the the sacrificial black character is a is a staple of science fiction for many years. Generally, right. they die trying to save the white character, like he did in Wrath of Khan. That's very but that's a whole that's a yeah that's a whole other conversation. But so with that uh, old term, uh, you know what? Uh, wait, so wait, wait. What's the old term? You know, no, like what? that's mighty whitey. Yeah. You well, know, like, oh, yeah, you're dying to save me. That's Yay. a class. But, I mean, right? it still happens. It still happens. I, I mean, I saw it's a science a fiction more film. disguised, but not so much. No, not at all, <laughs> as a matter of fact. There was a film this year. Uh, mm -hmm. takes place underwater aliens. I'm trying to remember. Actress from uh, Twilight is in it. There's one character. Kristen Stewart stars in it. It's, okay. it's called Underwater or something like that. And mm -hmm. there's, you know, a few people are left. You know, there's one black character. Still you know left. how he, he, yeah, one black character's left. Uh -huh. You know, everybody else is dead. Yeah. And, and, and that handful, that group of people, that one black character, he dies saving the white character. And again, it's classic. It's a classic. And this is 2020. So it's not, it hasn't changed that much. So, right. And then we get uh, a film like, you know, uh, you know, um, what am I thinking of us or, uh, or get out? And everyone's like, oh my God. Oh my God. But wait, wait, we lost Mike. Where'd he go? Ah, I see what we're doing here. <laughs> Jason's trying to put together the uh, 
the the BBC documentary. Was that the Red Thriller coat? But now we lost. Now we lost Mike. Right. That is the red thriller coat, but where's Mike? Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> oh there he is. Oh is that the thriller jacket, buddy? What's going on there? It's, you know, okay. Is it a, 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 a what, what would I call it? A, 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 I can't a, believe. What is it? I can't believe. I can't. I can't believe you found that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's me in my, um, you know, the character. Oh, the science fiction character was sort of a black secret agent in the future. Okay. Uh, and he wore this red jumpsuit. So I was wearing awesome. the the jumpsuit of my, yeah, the flight suit of, of my hero. Okay. Because uh, we couldn't see it as well. Thank goodness. <laughs> right. It looked, but it did look a little like the thriller jacket. Which... Well, no, you haven't gotten to the scene where they had me walk through Times Square wearing the suit. Uh, there's footage of me in Times Square wearing the suit, walking around, and and, and my shirt is like zipped down to like my navel. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean my 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 flight suit. Anyway, point being is uh, the point I was making about yes. uh, black science fiction and the, and why it's important and and why Black Panther was such a phenomenon is because it was a new story. It was a new perspective. You know, the idea of the idea of a black nation that had not been colonized. Now that's just a subplot to how he got to be, but that's a pretty bold and interesting and never before seen science fiction concept. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this and take it one step further. Is it not even the subtext of saying that this black nation, right? Wakanda Look what they could have achieved. But wait, it's not even that. I'm saying that it's one step further of saying it has to be hidden. In order for it not to be colonized, because we appropriate everything that is given to us. So obviously, if we find it, we're going to appropriate you and we're going to take the whole thing. And you guys will, you know, be uh, marginalized. Right. The word marginalized. Uh, At the very least. And I'm being nice. Right. Exactly. You're being nice. nice And, and, And what's what is powerful about that is that it's saying everything you just said. Okay, uh, it's speaking all of that, but it's not preaching. It's not saying, you know, white people would do. It's it's all in the context of a story that's very entertaining, that you're enjoying that concept, but it, it opens your mind to possibilities. And that's what good science fiction does. And and that's what makes Afrofuturism and black science fiction so strong, because now there's so many things w- w- we can talk about. That's what's the power of science fiction to me well think about also uh for a moment it was just hitting me michael b jordan i mean he does fruit veil with octavia right and then mm-hmm. he goes on to do uh he did he was a fantastic four right mm-hmm. the first black male superhero right mm-hmm. no blade like, don't forget blade don't forget me. blade, oh, blade. Right? Don't forget forget blade. no Come Stephen on, Dorf, what do you mean one of my favorites Love it. i don't know how i forgot it i got the dates confused but yes right he goes on and then he goes on to do black panther so what we're seeing here is a is a man who is using his credential and voice and and platform for all the right things you know is it helping well, you know, here's the thing. The power of story Shaq. is that the power, yeah, Shaq and Steel, Shaq that was in the is, 90s too. Shaq and Steel, yeah, is that Steel, what that is? The, <laughs> somebody said Shaq was Steel, which is based on the comics uh, yes. uh, with a, a friend, a, a guy I went to yes. high school with. Uh, oh, Dennis really? Cowan. Oh, well, Dennis Cowan and, and Mike Davis and, and all those boys ah, over at, uh, you know, like but that's that. a whole other conversation. Comic books, you know, and science fiction. Comic books essentially are science fiction. But yes. yeah, it, is it helping? The power of story is that, okay, I had this conversation actually recently on, on my radio show because I do a radio show too. You know, where can we learn more from? History or science fiction about, you know, humanity? And which, not, not, Will you learn more information, but which one will affect you? A story has the ability to to make you look at things differently. Would Will Smith have the career he has and the acceptance if he was not in people's living room for years? So that he right. is he, he never had to, as you say, dress up like a woman to become uh he never had to emasculate himself so he could actually become right. that. But he but he was but he quote, was still unquote, harmless. Well, well, you know, you can call it whitewash, but let's put it this way. Well, I would. He, he was. Mind. What is it? Well, you know, if you're brought he, to Beverly he, Hills, could, like, it's okay. Could. He's in Beverly Hills. He's not going to hurt anyone. Well, again, you know, the idea is, you know, uh, assimilation. How did he assimilate? How did he become? You know, it, it, you know, the the idea of if you are poor, 
Okay. You know, like the Beverly Hillbillies is like, all right, what if you're a hillbilly and you, you, you live someplace where everybody's rich, you know, same idea. It, it, it sort of destigmatizes being, you know, a country bumpkin, you know, you know, so okay. it destigmatizes uh, being black. If you can see that, okay, he's just like the rest of us. He may have different good. styles, different music. And, and so I think his being embraced by the culture allowed him to have the career he has. Okay, still and, and, and still has, and still, you know, even he's surviving a bazillion flops that he's had. So, yeah, so people love him. Uh, so, coming to your question about Michael B. Jordan, yes, it helps. It helps to have more actors and and more, uh, uh, you know, images of 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 black masculinity. That is not. It's not black masculinity. Doesn't have to be threatening. It doesn't have to be either he's a thug or he's going to take your girlfriend. It, it, it's just like any definition of masculinity. It's got to be broad. It's got to be varied. You know, it's yes. got to, you know, we've got to be able to identify toxic and we've got to be able to identify iconic. Well, you, you really does that launch make sense? Onto a, it makes perfect sense. You launch into a very interesting point, which is whether it's black masculinity or femininity, right? We see a split. We either see it's got to be the show Insecure or it's got to be a black woman on a white show, right? Previous to that, like on HBO, we would only see all white women like Sex in the City, and then you might have a, a black guest star or something come on, right? So what we have now, and, and again, I, I'm asking is, where is the difference? How can we make the move from either it's a black film and black Hollywood, as we know exists, or it's just a film where there's a black lead actor, a white woman actress, and the movie's just the movie, and everyone goes, yeah, I want to go see that because it's good, and they're all good artists. How can we split the difference? Well, I, I think it's, it's sort of, I can liken it to music, okay? You know, um, you may like rock and roll or you may like hip-hop but if you never listen to a different type of music you you know you may be closing yourself off from what that music has to offer so to me it's not a question of things have to blend and become generic for everybody you know to digest i don't think that's the answer i think the answer is you know what we were talking about before the idea of embracing you know the best thing you know a foreign film when you see a foreign film you know you're watching subtitles, so you're not necessarily getting the language, but you're seeing them, you know, you're identifying with, oh, what do they do in this culture? Look at these idols, look at this, oh, look, they have this thing in China, what is that? We have a cross, but they have that, you know, look at they're doing when they eat, you know, you're taking in aspects of the culture, you're learning about the culture. So to me, the idea of having black stories, whether they're in the future or today, for anybody who's not black, whether you're Latin or Asian or whatever, I mean, let's face it, we all and I say we, especially here in America uh, yes. and around the world, we all know what, you know, life is like for all the multitude of white characters we've seen on TV forever. OK, but uh, as we start to see shows that that humanize and tell the stories of people in different places in society, then we have a better picture of society. The, the f TV still has a ways to go to really reflect our society. But, you know, it, to me, the way for it to change is for people to just start embracing. I mean, the other huge thing of Black Panther, it made so much money, not just in America. And that's a significant thing. I, as a filmmaker, w one of the things I was told when I made my film, which was true, this is over 20 years ago now, uh, was, you know, all oh, black films don't travel. So when you had a black film, it came out here in America and that was it. You live or died by North Americans. So if it didn't do, if it did well in America, that's great. But they weren't going to bring you over to Japan. They weren't going to bring you to G Germany. That's completely different now. Okay, and right. and films like Us. It's and, international. And it's exactly it's international, but that's huge because, you yes. know, you can have films that bomb in America and do great internationally. But if you're cut off from that international audience, you're just a bomb. Right. Whereas Black Panther is affecting change globally. It did. It did. Right. That and, and, and it does and, and still. Get out, kids get are out, watching dude. it. Well, yeah, get out as well. That's you know, and it's kids is really the probably I, I don't even know why I didn't say it. The biggest biggest thing about a, a, a Black Panther or Black science fiction or or Afrofuturism is hey seeing hey, a, hey, hey we got a brown man we got oh, a brown man Jack There's welcome the, to the he's, show he's I, the I brown. Yes, this is the uh, Mike's partner, Jack Rico, who is also right. a journalist and has the uh, show Brown and Black 
the podcast. Go ahead, guys. Welcome, right, uh, Jack. I'm glad you got to make it. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you very Jump much. Listen, I think it's important to talk about uh, our podcasts because this is a forum that Mike and I have been talking about in telephone conversations on and on and on. And he's been a, a, a yes. guest of mine for so much. I'm going to cut you off just once here. Uh, and then I just want you to roll with the story because I know what you're going to say and I love it. I want to say this on your first podcast that you did together. I'm like half a face on the first podcast that you did. Th- I got it. I got it. I'm <sighs> that you did together. You actually you predicted that this race stuff was going to bubble over. This is not this is April 2nd or something. Right. I'm right. Like, is that right? Right. OK, please go. And we kind of had a feeling that it was kind of kind of go down this route uh, because we were reaching a tipping point. And that tipping point came very quickly. And the forum is essentially a platform to discuss what was originally supposed to be racial issues within pop culture and media and entertainment um, because of the type of discrimination that's been there historically. But what we couldn't even fathom was that this was going to rip the fabric of America of itself and become only just a quick, a minor portion in a bigger conversation that is not just national. If you've seen the John Boyega speech that happened today, this is a global conversation and people are extremely angry because Floyd represents their discrimination and the experiences that they've been through for decades and their fathers and their ancestors. So this is a, a rally cry for help in, in a lot of ways for, 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 for the world. I, I mean, I'd love to have some brilliant thing to add to that, but I, I don't. I just would like to let that be as it is, you know, that, that statement. Now, I know you guys started working together, that Mike was always a guest on your show, and I can see how you're like, you know what, we should just do this together. I can see how that happens. You know, he's a very easy guy to talk to, very smart. So I mean, Mike, you together. Talk, yeah, Mike, you can talk a little bit about this. Uh, Mike was originally, first of all, let me just talk about Mike. Mike is someone that I admire tremendously. Um, I I get along with Mike so much on on an intellectual level. It's hard to find people that intellectually stimulate you, that you learn from, uh, and at the same time that listens to your own you know plights and conversations and the things that you have. And so with Mike, I found not only a friend, but I found uh, a refuge for myself where I could not have these conversations with just anybody. And so I think. Somewhere around there, the fact that we're both in media, that we're both in national network television contributing to these networks, it was time for, I think, the union of two influential demographics in the United States uh, that have left an imprint on America. And the thing is, how come our stories aren't always told from our lens? Why are we not given the opportunities to be able to have, let's say, a film critic uh, in the New York Times. Uh, why can't that happen? And that's kind of where we got together because we understood that there was a nexus that was about to occur, an intersection of, uh, of these two cultures in a more positive way. Because uh, remember Gina Rodriguez when she had that? Explain. Fat? Yes, I do. Absolutely. Go on. And so that really became that brown and black, black and brown. Let's understand each other a little bit better because we have more commonalities than we have problems. Um, and brown and black was kind of born from there. And, and, and we're glad that this time that we've met along with this time, because now I feel like we can contribute these ideas and these perspectives that we've been holding down and itching to just talk about for, for what, like maybe six, eight months, Mike? That's that's putting it mildly. Uh, you know, I, I I concur with everything that Jack said. The uh, only thing I'll add is, you know, to it's a conversation that has to be had. The the amazing thing is that now it is happening. It's on everybody's lips. There isn't a CEO that is not saying where they stand on things right now. They're sending out a letter. This is where we stand, and we, you know, we don't like black people getting killed. All right, you know, so so. It's, it's thanks for making but, that, uh, someone laugh about that. I mean, but Jesus. you know what I'm saying. You know <laughs> oh, what I'm I saying. do. I mean, wow, everybody so is. Right. And 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 oh it's it's a conversation <laughs> that that needs to happen. But and, and Jack and I have talked about this, but people 
not only do they not know where to begin, you know, uh, but people really aren't that educated on race. And and this is even within our races, yeah. you know, you know, here we are, you know, if you look at the, 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 the biggest fear, the problem, the, the, the issue white supremacists have with this country is that they're afraid it's going to become more brown and black than white. And okay, and and what if it does? What? Why is that a I bad thing? A pro- I thought you would well, yeah, that well, well, that's my that's my point. My that. point is, you know, it, it, that's all the under- biggest fear is. No, well, really, I'm not. I mean, that's their, I, I mean, I but think I'm saying in, in the big picture, right? That's, it's like, that's the biggest what you're, fear. It's that's all what you're about fighting for. That's what you're fighting for. You <laughs> want to keep things self-preservation. What this you perceive is self-preservation. There is no self. What does that mean? The self-preservation aspects of their beliefs, their customs, their traditions, their ideologies. Oh, you're right. right? I'm not disagreeing with you, Jack. Sorry, I just wanted to make that clear. I was just saying, I don't believe in the self per se as a larger thing. But yes, please continue. So I think think to them, um, it's more about this is what I've been born with. This is what my father has talked to me about, his grandfather and so forth. And they feel that that that's at stake. If that is lost, then who are they? What do they represent in the world? And to have to unlearn something, to relearn something is extremely humiliating. I don't know if that can actually even possibly happen. I mean, how many people have done that over and over again throughout the course of history? Um, So we're talking about... This whole web is extremely complicated and it's going to take time and generations of discussions to to be able to come to some sort of unification. Biden did a speech recently where he said, I'm not going to be able to if I get if I if I get elected, I'm not going to be able to do this in four years. This is going to be generations to actually see something. That sounds close to honest. That sounds like an honest statement from a politician. I, I was surprised to hear that. I, that you just okay. I, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I have to take. I have to let that settle in because uh, you know. Listen, I haven't watched the news in seven years now because of what's happened. Obviously, I have to keep up on it, but it's a different level of keeping up on it because it's humanity. This is not a political thing, and this is not about party. And this is about a bigger thing. Like, how do we? Let's just t- break it down for what we do, right? We talk about Hollywood and art and our community, correct? That's so, right. So let's talk about that for just a moment, right? So to break it down for what we do, we talked about a couple of things. We talked about what, like Wakanda, Black Panther. Kids are going to be watching that still for generations to come. These are things now that are going to set benchmarks in in Hollywood, right? But where is it? Because you said something, Mike. You said a lot of people don't know what to do. A lot of people don't know how to assimilate to this. So, so where can people who don't know, how can they start looking toward this? Well, you know, I, the key to me is, is A, you know, you have to educate yourself. You know, you're not going to learn in school history. You're not going to understand history. You could go back and look at the pandemic of 1918 and learn about, you know, what human beings do. But if you want to go back to history, Jack and I have been talking a lot about this and we're going to be doing shows on this. But there's a history to to racism. There's a history to capitalism. There's a history to why those two things go together. You know, why do we have a system that that okay it's 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 out of balance to begin with you know there's the have and the have nots why do we have to have a system like that and and no matter how bad it gets the haves always get more the have nots always get less no matter how yes. good it gets yes the, the the this this haves still get more you know and so so why if our entire um you know and again jack and i have talked about this a bit but the the a lot of our culture, especially here in America and, and unfortunately around the world, is just built on uh, profiting uh, off of, let's just say, uh, labor, people who are, it's just built off of taking advantage of human beings. This whole bottom country, line, the whole country. I mean, and so was Rome and saying. America built on the backs of slaves. There is no way this has an economy that it right. has. If it's right. so, I, I, I have no problem saying it because it's fucking hey, listen, this so, isn't only only america like if you uh look at history and what slaves have done to the economies of for example lima in peru mm-hmm. veracruz in mexico uh, quito in ecuador uh and many cities in brazil 
those were some of the most richest countries in their period, in their era, because of slave labor. Sugar. Of course, you don't have a Flavio Absolutely. because what is it? The Flavios that that doesn't exist unless right. there's slavery. Absolutely. Otherwise, that see, doesn't exist. But that's Sorry. the thing. Now, the more the, I'm just saying, and and the the you you know you ask what people can do, and I think yes. the more you educate yourself, the more you understand. The more you understand the history, the more you understand how long this has been. And you going. understand the pain. You understand the pain, but you also understand what you don't see. You know, the problem, uh, again, for this is of all human beings. Everybody's got blind spots. Everybody's got bias. Everybody's got things that they they yes. they think they know and they don't know better. But but, you know, uh, you know, Jack said something to me earlier today, which is, you know, which is why I love Jack and why I want to do the show with Jack. You know, we were talking about a topic and Jack says, yeah, but, you know, I need to know more. You know, I, I don't even want to talk about it unless I know more. You know, and that is that principle is not how a lot of people are. A lot of people, most people get their opinions from somebody else, from someplace else. You know, they don't do their own research. And they don't get the information and the facts no, and then form no, opinions. They no, get other then, people's opinions and form but, an opinion. And, and, and blast those opinions out. You can, know. I, can, I, can I say something that I, I, sure. I, I do believe uh, is, is true as I get older is uh, that I feel like the uh, admittance of not knowing is a knowledge in it of itself correct I, I uh, that's that. the first step towards enlightenment in my opinion right. exactly but but, but uh, i i agree and you know the openly thing, though i'm saying like open admittance like in a crowd of people like i don't know what that is can you please tell me because i'm ignorant on that so i would love right. to understand and, but you see, to me, that's that's part of being a journalist, too, you know, because I think the three of us here, if you're a journalist or if you're a writer, you know, uh, you know, as a writer, I, I, I think all writers are pseudo psychologists because, you know, you have to understand people to Definitely. be able to make them up. You know what I mean? Sociologists so, or psychologists? I, I both, or both, 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 you know, <laughs> so so I, I think that that's what it is. And, and, you know, you were asking why is it important for there to be, you know, Afrofuturism or images of heroes of color, heroes of color, yes. you know, exactly name. A, right. Can you name a Latin superhero? A Latin superhero? El Chicano came out February of last year. Yeah, well, I'm not you, not you, Jack. And not you, not. Jack. I'm just saying the no, average I person. No, I could Exactly, exactly. I'm not the average person. And, and you're not even the average person. Right, you still exactly. couldn't. I know more and, about most about movies, and I still can't tell you one. Right, so and it wouldn't even and it wouldn't even occur heart, to you. It wouldn't even occur to you, oh, there's no Latin hero. But yes. if you're a little Latin boy or you're a little Latin girl, and there is no hero that looks like you. That may not be something that you're conscious of, but you're subconsciously, you know, now you have to look for heroes elsewhere. You can't look where everybody else is looking. Everybody else has got a hero that they can dress up as. You have to be the Latin version or the black ver You have to be a black Batman, you know, when I was coming up. That's what you have to be, you know, because you didn't have that hero that you could be in that. I can't say how more how powerful it is for a child to have. Now, again, in an ideal world, you know, it doesn't matter the color, you know, well, no, because there's, there's plenty in. out there. But you got I have to jump in because I don't want to forget this. It's it's inherent in when people ask and some people ask me, what's white privilege? Right. It's inherent in the example you just gave. White privilege is not realizing that every movie we watched and every show we watched had a hero. Every baseball game we watched, every had a hero. For us to look up to, that looked like us, that sounded like us, and everything across the board. No, but even now, until you just said that, I took it for fucking granted. That's my second F bomb. I can't curse more. Okay. Than <laughs> I promised my parents. <laughs> Go on. But right, I'm saying like that's a that's like a huh, that was an aha moment right for me. So well, please continue with that. And and okay, I'm gonna get to the other thing, Jack. You were talking about, but go ahead, Mike. Sure. Well, and the last thing I was going to say, and part of the power of doing a show with Jack too, is understanding the difference between differences between our races. You know, uh, I, I, Jack has explained to me, and and other friends. You know, Jack's not my only Latin friend. No, Jack, he's not. Don't, oh, don't be upset, Jack. I have some <laughs> other Latin friends. Hopefully, I'm. Not. <laughs> he's not. You're number one. You're number one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, th there are. 
I don't always understand the differences between us. You know, is it jealousy? Is it hatred? Like, you know, when I when when we did that show about the singer, I didn't quite understand. Like, where does that come from? You know, and Mm -hmm. and part of it is, uh, in my my understanding of it, is similar to you know, blacks who do similar things or people of color who do similar things. The Asian cop, you know, uh, who stood there while uh, and and stood guard while they killed poor George Floyd, you know, has he, has he denied his identity? Has he lost sense of, of what has happened? And, you and, and I, I had a conversation though, Mike, where we said, it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are from. Once you become a cop, you become only one shade of color. That's right. Blue. And, and right. And and that comes back to what we were saying that's before about, well, again, that's a race. That's the tribalism of human beings. And that, that's part of our nature to want to belong to something, to want to be you know, part of a community or a family or something. I understand that. What I'm saying, though, or, or what talking with Jack and, and our having the show like this is for us to understand where we've been brainwashed, you know. Yes. Where where Doja Cat? If you don't know who that is, you'd look it up. Uh, Doja you know Cat. Wh- Doja Cat. You look up it. Look into who who she is. She's just someone who uh, made a lot of choices. Okay, to denigrate her own people because she's half black, in order to be accepted, and embraced, and assimilate. And 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 sometimes that is is you know what are you trading to to become part of something, and and when do you realize you've lost your soul? So these are the kind of things. Well, it is, but it, these are also things that. The, and then how do you find your way back? You know, because you're not saying con- it's unredeemable. There's just no, it's not unredeemable. But, right, but, exactly. but, but but if somebody's listening to our show and they realize mm-hmm. they've bought into some kind of you know brainwashing that they didn't realize until they hear it articulated. You know, that that's the best thing about being able to talk is, you know, Jack, in my opinion, is a good orator. I think I'm 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 decent. But sometimes the things that we can articulate or the things that we ask each other Mm -hmm. are things I think other people want to know, too. Well, I'm going to get to to, uh, Jack now, what I was going to say to you, and this is what I find that I like about your show so much, is that you don't just talk about race, right? You talk about capitalism as a race, you know? And I know, Jack, you were talking about the fact that, like, part of, especially living in Manhattan, which I grew up in Long Island, you know, so it can't, you know, it's like the ultra-rich bridge and tunnel, you know, like Merrick, so, you know, it's like the most Japs ever. (laughs) Merrick, near Belmore. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, I went to Kennedy High School in Belmore. I know I have stories from Belmore. Anyway. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about yes. We're all nuts over there. I think it's the other. The bar open there right now. Just talking. Oh, about yeah. <laughs> By the way, I wish. Oh, that's got to be soon. Okay, so you were talking about you know walking around Manhattan and how you know you're in this pace and how you know when you're in this pace, it's like everyone's like, "What are you doing? What are you up to? What's going on with you? How can you help me? How can I you know what can I get? What are you up to? What are you driving or whatever?" And you just got burnt from it. And you said this in a way is how our whole you know race is built on capitalism, and it kind of starts to fall apart when the capitalism does. Are we a capitalist society or democracy? I think capitalist, but. Uh, our democracy is a total. Uh, please, please. This is a documentary. This is a documentary you need to watch. It's called "Slaying the Dragon." You really, you watch that. Let's just put. Let me just put this out there, okay? "Slaying the Dragon." It's about gerrymandering. But how can you actually have a democracy? Up on the banner. Oh, it, it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. Okay, but all I'll say is that how can you have a democracy and gerrymandering even exists? How can you have a democracy and lobbying even exists? Like how, uh, special interests. How is that? That's sort of like, you know, lobbying. you can't cheat on your wife, but you could cheat on her on Sundays during unfortunately, uh, October. I believe, okay. I believe it was Mussolini who said <laughs> that fascism yeah. is a merging between a corporation and a government. And whenever you have lobbyists, that represent the corporations to try and change the laws of the government in their favor, then what ends up happening is there is this stratosphere that is just of the 1%, yeah. right? When we the deregulate 
the uh, the electricity and then the social security is next. Well, you know, what's left? It's great. Right. Everything ahead. is being profited. So where are our rights? How are the laws that were supposed to protect us so diluting in this lobbyism? So capitalism is a form of a disease. It is a virus. It's a form of oppression. That's it's what you're well, saying. Well, you can question. say it. You let can say ask, it. All right. It, it it is, but let me ask this question because you brought up something. OK, so I don't know really much about lobbying other than, you know, what it is. Right. Right. You know, the actual definition. Right. How is the for starters, uh, black people, how are they represented in lobbying? How big is their voice on K Street as opposed to all the white voices on K Street? I, I, I think that's a rhetorical question. I, well, I thought well, it was, but I didn't know well, the answer. It, you it know, is. It I mean, you, you, be, you, look Congress, you look at Congress, you look at you look at Congress, you look at the Senate, you look at any of these photos where the president is making decisions that affect the rest of the country. What do you see? It's a patriarchy. Yeah. yeah. It's well, well, besides, it's a, it's a patriarch. It's, it's a whole bunch of white We're men. That's all aware of that. The deal, you know, so. and that's who started the country, a bunch of white slave owners. OK, yeah. so let's get past that. They had some good ideas. Let's expound on those. Right. So in lobbying, you would say there are members of the black community. Right. And the Latino community. Now, by the way, let me get this right. I can say black, right? And Latino. That's still P, like PC. Yeah. So but by the way, there's just, I want to know. People don't know. And they're asking me. No, I'm like, I no, don't okay. fucking know. I just. So what's been know. emerging in the last maybe I would want to say about 10 years with the Latino community is that there's this new generation of second generation Hispanics. Okay. Right. Uh, the second and third generation Hispanics are very American. And they're having complexities about their identity. Are they Hispanic from Mexico, from Colombia, from Venezuela, from Argentina, or are they purely American? And how do they come to this uh, hybrid between the both where they can feel accepted in both groups, right? Yeah. So that new generation is called now Latinx. And Latinx is a representation of the U.S. English language Hispanic who thinks or has an American sensibility, but who still, whose roots are still the culture of their ancestors. And they appreciate both with the so same- So we have to differentiate. So if I say Latinos and Latinx. And then you would be talking more about someone who has immigrated, immigrated uh, from Latin America to the United States to begin a new life. That would be a Latino, Latina. Latin X would be someone more like me, someone who represents more of an American sensibility, but still, you know, has uh, the the desire to keep the traditions of my parents and, and the ancestors. See, this is why I know Jack, see? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is why I feel safe enough to ask these questions Absolutely. and understand Absolutely. and learn. But it's great. And that's why, again, I love your guys' show. But let's, for a second, I talked about the lobbying thing for a reason, because isn't it a microcosm? But yet, I know in the black community, per se, there's a lot of people with money, right? So why is it not being represented in influencing our laws? Or is it just that no matter how much money you're going to throw at lobbying, you're not going to hear a black voice in the lobby? Well, you know, portion. it's lobbying. Lobbying is, is you know, if you look at lobbying, it's just with the most simplistic, it's, it's influencing uh, uh, politicians or elected officials to uh, either make certain laws or lack certain laws or do things that allow basically corporations to make and more they money. Use money capitalism right. They, they, right. They, they, right. They don't call it bribing. Okay. It's completely legalized. You know, legalize slavery, but let me say one caveat legalize the system of oppression. Agreed. The one caveat why I bring up, why I bring up lobbying uh, mm -hmm. specifically is because to me, it's not about politics or anything. It's about humanity. Again, the lobbying yeah. and the voices that are getting spoken are affecting our content. They affect our art. They affect what our artists and up and coming artists are going to be able to do. So now Absolutely. please continue. Well, I, I'm, I'm the only thing I will, will finish saying about please. what we started to say was that, you know, in terms of lobbying, you know, the, the basically, uh, the problem with our government has been uh, the corruption by uh, elected officials, by greedy 
businessmen, greedy, unscrupulous business, corporate, corporate executives, I'm being nice. I'm in charge of being nice. I'm being nice. So it's a greedy businessman. So, but the problem, what are the problem was exacerbated by if if we used to have politicians who were influenced by greedy businessmen and then we elect the greedy businessman as the president it's like we cut out the middleman so yeah. you know so of Get course of our problems of of which is of course they made three billion three hundred billion dollars during the pandemic it was like a free-for-all yeah. Well, you know, and then you get rid of all the people, all the 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 all the people who could be oversights. Get rid of them. That's, oh yeah. You know. Well, so. let me let me. You bring up something that is that is even more interesting, which is Dave Chappelle talked about it in his two specials ago. But it, it was he was saying how in South Africa you couldn't get rid of apartheid until you admitted that the entire system is corrupt. Until everyone says this is what I did. This is what I was guilty of. And then, so that means you start at the studio heads. If we're talking art, we have to start at the studio heads and the owners of Viacom, these corporations, on down. That's where we say, okay, here's how I was complicit in this. You, okay, you're you talking about that? the A word. You're talking about the A word. The A word. Accountability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I'm and sorry. That's, that's how that's, I like to that's, live. That's very anti-American, you know. You know, accountability. You can't have accountability. Well, no, it's anti-American. What America does best is mm -hmm. do something awful, but spin a great story yeah, to how it's are. to how it's to how it's okay. Right, we know the Indians were savages. They would. They would. They were Iraq. savages. We Cuba, had, they were savages. Yeah. Haiti, you, you name it exactly. Republic, exactly. The occupations of all these countries. But hey, we're doing it for American interests. Right. That's right. But you know what you can point to on all of them? How we got what? into every one of those situations? A good uh, story. Exactly. A good, good story. story. A good story. Uh, and, right. and and the words you use. Yeah, yeah we have to do this. Public That's right. <laughs> created in the United States. Right. The whole you could. propaganda. Exactly. Goes back exactly. to Frank Capra making World War II propaganda films, you know, for uh, the. Uh, let, let, let's right. let's go before let's go to Birth of a Nation, okay? Because that's like oh, the original okay, propaganda great. film, please. Okay? Because that basically justified the KKK. It it, it was such an influential film. The greatest story, it, the greatest lie it, ever told. It's the greatest lie ever told, and it changed the way a nation, the nation. felt. It changed the way a nation felt and made yes. that made it okay. Lynchings shot through the ceiling after that film, and the president said it was the greatest film ever made. So, I mean, that but seems like science clear, fiction. What? Yeah. Let's say the president. The president yeah. said that. The president. I just wanted to president, stop on that for a second. The president said it was the greatest film ever made. The president at the time endorsed right. it. Yep. Okay, I just want to. So, I just wanted to stop on that for a moment, well, and then uh, let's look at this too, because you're talking about birth of a nation, which leads us into that behavior being prevalent, really, until Ghosts of Mississippi. Again, another story, and I'm keep right. relating it to art for us, right? So it's mm -hmm. it's because because my responsibility as someone in this fight and in humanity is how can I do this from art, right? How am I going to move everything forward? How am I going to raise this platform up as high as possible so it's now the only talking ground, right? Okay, so tell me. I'm asking. Well, I mean, okay. Did it not well, sound like one? Because I can. Uh, I can no, it didn't sound like. One. Yeah, no, no. I can reword it though. No, no, I really can. I, I actually thought you were just uh, making. Well, a I was like making. Yeah, I did. Like, I did too. Yeah, I did too. Great. I'm, I'm doing the right thing. No, 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 no. This, no, this is what art is for. Per se, I only. Know, but it is what art is for. You know. I agree. Is, you know, it's it's so. I'm asking. Well, that, the, like I said, that comes back to to I want to hear what Jack says, uh, but to me it comes back to you know the question. Like I said, I asked on 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 my radio show on Monday. Uh, you see that? Don't worry, Mike and Jack. He does that sometimes. Okay, all right, there you go. All right, uh, he's 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 like he's cheering you on. I feel like the the love. I feel the love when I saw that. Um, you feel love, but yeah, it's it's, it's bursting. Bursting. I know this is like I feel like we're we're like fifty. It's like almost done, and I feel like we'd easily go another hour. But oh, easily. Well, all right. Uh, all I was going to say is that the question I had asked on my radio show was, you know, which can we learn more from science fiction or history, you know? And of course history, you can say, yeah, so history, da, 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 da. And history helps us understand, you know, you look at, okay, how could a president uh, sanction such a racist thing? Well, look at our president, you know? So it, it, but, but if you look back on history and you, and you look at it, then it kind of makes it a little different, but at the same time, you know, 
do you feel an emotional connection to the fact that he uh, you know do you do you, do you, does it affect you the same way a movie would if you saw a movie exactly. like you, you know you mentioned uh uh Mississippi well, I don't even go to Mississippi because I don't Which consider one? that such a great movie. But, oh, but Fru- really? Fruitvale Station, Fruitvale Station. Oh yeah, okay. So okay, great. Let's you know, talk about and that. and and a Fruitvale Station. Now, if you didn't know about that story, when you see that movie, oh my God! Now you could read that article, or you could see that movie. Which is going to be more powerful? Which is going to make you want to exactly? So that's so that's the power of story, and that's what I'm right. saying. Uh, uh, so you know, uh, art has to reflect that you know it's up to us it's up to us the storytellers to talk to teach humans how to act right you know that's that's our job those are the stories that were those are the stories that we have to tell but it's until these movies like whether you like it or not it's ghost of mississippi uh, you know oh that's a real another black man died another black man died but i'm saying it's not until these horrible things happen and then the stories get told now what we have is a quicker way to tell the story Right, an instant way to tell a story. You know, now we live in an age where social media is the yes. most powerful media on the it's planet. Media platform. It is. It is. You know, it, it's, I mean, and I, you know, it's funny. Changes lives. It's telling me that most nation. of the footage that you see on the news is not necessarily from a cameraman. It's it's taken right out of social media, out of Twitter. That's right. You know, um, on the boots on the ground, wherever it is happening with their cell phones, which is almost video. You know, you can broadcast it's citizen that anywhere. journalism, Scott. It's citizen, citizen journalism. journalism. The age journalism. of the citizen journalist. That's what, That's we are what now. it is. I taught a course on this uh, at Montclair State University uh, just a few uh, months ago. And the whole idea was. How do you become the journalist of today? This whole idea of going into a newsroom and you know watching the six again, preparing everything for the six o'clock newscast—that no longer really truly exists. We ourselves, the citizens, sometimes have to make the change. And journalism is really storytelling with a purpose. If you tell your story with us with the purpose that you know that could change the world in some way or influence your community in some way, you tell that story. You're a journalist. See, we call him Professor Jack. Okay, but Amen. but you know what? Uh, I, I, you're you're I absolutely I right. I, I just want to say to to add to what you're saying, Jack, that that not only is is that what journalism is, but at this stage in time, you know, uh, w- there's really no excuse for people to not. Uh, you know, you can listen to podcasts like this. You can you can listen to this history podcast. There's there's this podcast on any and everything you could possibly imagine. There are documentaries on any and everything like you porn. could possibly imagine. Yeah, what's if, it's a, if you got a predilection, <laughs> yeah. there's a podcast for it. Yeah, there's mass porn. There's I mass porn out there now. So you I'm just saying, a, there's porn podcasts. There, yeah, it's I'm, out I'm, there. Whatever you exactly, like. Exactly. Whatever it is. Right. So so there's no excuse. Exactly. You know, I, believe me, I read right wing media just to see what's out there. Okay, because I know my media or the media I absorb is not completely unbiased, you know, and I can tell you. Let's just read this out. The Linda Hazelberry, what it's up on the banner. It says, please come back on. You have my heart and mind all stirred up. Your message and knowledge is outstanding. And you are challenging me to be my best educated self. I mean, what else could you ask for, right? If that's one person, right? That's good. Move on from there. Love you, Linda. Great. Thank you, Linda. You know, thank you, Linda. Thank you, Linda. Yeah, but please continue. I just thought that was a. Why well, not? no, Jack, I know you were going to say something. What were you going to say? Yeah, Jack. No, no, no. Um, I think I was going to get back to uh, what art, you know, how the, the influence and the role that art has in a time like this. Listen, yes. Broadway has been closed. Uh, all the museums have been closed. Production has been halted for film. When we emerge out of this and production begins, creators are itching. They are they're ad- the adrenaline rush to go tell new stories and stories that reflect Uh, who we are, because that's what we created the Hollywood system. We created the storytelling. I mean, storytelling has been going on since uh, the, the, I believe it was 420 BC with the Persians in ancient Greece. Teach that, Professor Jack. 420 (laughs) BC. We've been telling stories theatrically since that time all the way through here, and it's always been a reflection of what's going on. So we had to tell stories so badly, we carved them on on freaking walls. That's right. That's right. We go all the way back. Storytelling is part of the human DNA. So what we need to do is start telling these stories as soon as possible. Journalists are are essentially the 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 industry of journalism 
right now uh, has been brought to its knees. Uh, they fired so many journalists to be able to cover the pandemic and the riots at the same exact time is stretching us out. We need creators and artists to start in their own way reporting what's going on through their art. I, 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 I concur. And, and the only thing I, I will add to, to that is that, you know, remember that in this time, in this pandemic, uh, you know, when people are, quote unquote, stuck at home, what do we turn to? We turn to art. You know, we, 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 we were binge watching. We were this. We were that. We were absorbing, yes. you know, stories, you know. So that's how important stories are. But at the same time, you know, like anything else, you know, in, in an age of, quote, unquote, fake news, okay, mm -hmm. the only answer is to educate yourself. You know, people who, you know, you were talking about, we were talking about the power of social media. People who only watch old school media, who wait till it is on the news or CNN or whatever, whatever, after they pulled their people who are out there pulling from social media and they frame it and they write a thing and they got a whole thing. <laughs> you know, by that time it's already yeah. happened. You know, right. whereas the immediacy, you know, if you're following, if you're on social media, you see it on Instagram and then maybe later that night, You'll see it on the news. Maybe a day or two later, they'll they'll realize that they were instigators, you know, and and in the in the and they were undercover police within there instigating the, the and that the videos of police doing all these things. If everybody didn't have a phone, this would be a very very different time, and this would all play out very very differently. Scott, if I may, if I may, I think when it comes to education, like Mike was talking about. Um, I want to offer you a few resources for those that are listening and that are interested in wanting to know more. First of okay, all, wait. so hold that one second. We're going to read this right just from from Jason. He says, Mike and Jack, it is great to have you on. I'm having some bad internal issues, so I may not be able to. Jump Internet, not internal. You. Internet. Said, I'm not wearing my glasses, man. Would you just let me look kind of younger for a second? Right, Mike? He's having Jesus, internal issues. Man, why you got to box sorry. with my ego? My arm's too short to box with God. When it's time to say goodbye, just know I appreciate you both. Thank you for what you do. And I you, echo that, please. So Thank now, you much. if you'd please continue. Um, well, I was going to offer a couple of resources. So for anybody that's interested in knowing more about how we got here, I believe that there's some required viewing that people need to see. Number one, it's Ava DuVernay's 13th. Uh, it will, Jason, you'll put this up, right? You will definitely understand exactly what, uh, how America has constructed, constructed a system uh, that has allowed slavery to go beyond 1865. That Same there's title four, again. That there's different. It's called 13th. 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 Name of the movie. Great. Second. There it is. The New York Times did, the New York Times did a project called the 169 1619 project, where they want to revisit the history, retell that story, that it all really began in 1609 with the first slaves that arrived in America, not 1776. That gives you a understanding from the black lens of America, not just the white lens. This is now the black lens being uh, enlightened by us, right? Okay. Thirdly, um, Henry Gates Jr., uh, did a documentary on PBS called Black in Latin America. And to be able to understand racism in America, you need to understand racism around the world. Where did this come from? And it mostly comes from the caste system that was created in Europe to differentiate skin colors. Once you see that, once you understand those things uh, and you watch these documentaries, immediately you're going to have a better sense of understanding of why the rage and anger is occurring today. Okay, we got all of those up. I think this is very, very important for everyone to take a look at and just start there. It's a place to start if you haven't, if you haven't already. And if you have, exactly. it's a place to go further. Right. And that, the Smart. best thing you can do, you know, to help is to understand. This has been... Opinion. Uh, by the way, that is the perfect note to end on. Uh, this has been, first of all, tell us where we can find both of you on social media. Please, Mike, you want to go first? And uh, sure. I, you can find me, Mike, on screen. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, Mike on screen. Uh, my radio show, Night Shift, you can find on Facebook. Uh, but the Brown and Black podcast, which is the thing, 
Yes. Okay. Uh, that's on Revolver. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. Google, Spotify. Like Pandora, it's Pandora, everywhere. Stitcher. You can find it on any podcast form. If you can't find it, then it's your problem. It's <laughs> everywhere. It's exactly. like, and you don't want to find it. That's all I can tell you. This. And if you liked anything that you heard today on this show, then you will love their podcast because this is just these conversations and they're very fluid and they're amazing. Uh, Jack, where can we find you? Um, well, you can find me on Instagram at Jack Rico, Jack Rico mm-hmm. official on Twitter. I also host uh, the NBC show Consumer 101 on Saturday mornings. Um, and uh, you can just listen to Brown and Black podcasts and kind of keep yes. up with what we're Subscribe, trying to have. Conversation. Five stars. That'd be great. That would help get it out there. Elevate our conversations to a higher level. So we would thank 100%. you. 100%. Guys, I can't thank you enough for both being here. I'm so no, glad you got to pop on, Jack. And, and please come back again, okay? Because there's so much more Love it. we have to discuss. So. Anytime you guys want. Yeah, let's, let's work this out very soon. I want to continue our conversation. I think it's a good thing to keep, you know, perpetuating. Great. So thank you guys thank very, you. very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful day, week, and, and be safe. Guys, see you later. <laughs> Mike Sargent, Jack Rico, everybody. Mike, thanks again. Was, okay. What 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 a great great show. Are we still on? Well, Mike, we're still hanging up. We're we're done. Listen, I think J- is Jason I, coming back. We went a little over today, but this was important. Yep. I don't know if you can hear me, but thank you guys. Yeah, you great. Um, Mike, Jack, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're over, but uh, we're not over. So we'll see you guys on the next episode. And I can't wait to talk to Mike and and Jack again. Yeah, we'll have them back real soon. And, uh, you know, uh, Scott and Jason, thanks for having them on. That was really just informative and, and, and it was worth, you know, going over uh, very much so. So everyone stay safe, stay sane and be safe. And we will see you on the next episode. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman. Bye, everybody. Huzzah. A podcast network.